0: Tired of piecing your business forms together from an internet search? Tired of sealing all your business deals with a pinky promise? Looking for a way to add some formality and professionalism to your business relationships? Then you need Formally. Formally is a DIY legal form and template shop for entrepreneurs, small business owners, creatives, freelancers, dreamers, and side hustlers. All Formally forms and templates are drafted by an experienced, licensed business attorney and reviewed by a law professor. So, not to brag or anything, but our forms are pretty legit. So what are you waiting for? Throw those pinky promises away and try formally today.
1: You know it's sugar free. Remix. Now tell me, girl, how you like your tea? When you're kicking it with Sid Mac, we keep it sugar free. Cause all truth, no lies, the only way to be. No more sugar in our lives, now we're living free. Hey! Don't change up the flow. But we hit season two, gotta relive the show. Season one was going in, now we're hitting it again. Having fun with all my friends going strong until the now end. Now tell me. Remix. Me, girl, me, girl. How you like your tea? How you, like your tea? you know it's sugar free. You know it's sugar free. doing you doing good 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 you know i'm always glad to check in with y'all for another week and another episode of your favorite show my show the sugar free podcast so first off let me start by apologizing to y'all real quick okay look look i know i'm mad late getting this week's episode posted but i said every monday right And it's still Monday. Well, so I still made the deadline. So don't be too hard on me today, friends, okay? But speaking of deadlines, don't y'all hate it at work when you tell somebody, oh, I'll have that to you by tomorrow. And then they email you every hour on the hour till 5 p.m. to ask if you finished it yet. And it's like, is tomorrow over with? No. Relax, I'm coming, right? Like they don't know what tomorrow means. But this ain't that, friends, right? (laughs) And I know y'all be looking for me on Monday mornings. So I so apologize for my tardiness. But look at us, friends. It's still Monday. The day not over yet. The episode's posted. So that's a win. We made it. We made it through and to another week. So praise the Lord for that. Mm. So can I tell y'all real quick where I was at this week, what I was doing, what made me late to our tea party? Because, you know, I would not be late to our tea party for just anything. Okay, this is very important to me. Our time together is very special to me. So y'all want to know what kept me from being to our party on time this week? Well, first and foremost, I was late because we are finally filming season two of the Sugar Free Podcast. Yes! Season two is loading. Are y'all excited? Me too! So we're about halfway through taping season two, and this season, we are making it do what it do, okay? Okay. So the first season, the theme for the show was getting real. I don't know if y'all noticed that. Um, I explained it in the season one review session with my sister, kind of the theme for the season. So the theme for season one was getting real. So every single episode in season one and subsequently the season one remix all include the word real. Go back. Look, check again. You'll catch it. You'll catch it. And so this season, my friends, season two, is all about taking action, right? Last year, we was getting real. This year, we making moves. We are going to be proactive in getting our lives together, or we're going to be making it do what it do. Okay. So, of course, this season, every episode will have some version of the word make in it. You know, y'all remember them verb conjugations? So it may not be make, but "made," making. But it's going to be in there. Because, you know, we love a good theme. And because this season is about being proactive and getting our lives together, we are going to be chatting with experts in every single area of our lives. Okay. The areas where we need to make some moves. So we're going to have a money-making moves series. So we can all level up our coins. We're going to have a making career moves series. A making peace with my body series. Because Lord knows after two years with Corona Lachey on our backs and a holiday season forthcoming. We definitely going to need to be making a lot of peace on that front okay we also going to be talking about making room for love we're just going to be making it do what it do all year in 2022 you see that rhyme friends you know you know your girl got bars (laughs) so in addition to those series we'll also have some very special episodes and some very special guests along the way I really cannot wait to share what I've been working on with y'all so that's reason number one why I was late to the tea party this week but there are so many other reasons that I'm going to share with you because you know we're friends I love y'all So the other reason was that I was a guest on another show a couple of days ago. So last Friday. So last Friday, I sat down with a good friend and former colleague of mine, Ty Brown, owner of Breezin' Out ATL, for a live IG chat on his Breezin' Out apparel page. This recording is posted now on the Breezin' Out apparel IG page so make sure you check us out there you won't want to miss this episode friends it was so good and not just because I was on it I mean that's a a big reason but you know there are other reasons too Ty was fantastic and he had me all up in my feelings crying and whatnot and y'all know I don't like my gangster to be tested publicly but my gangster was all the way tested I was not ugly crime, but, you know, a couple of tears. A few thug tears definitely rolled down my face, okay? It was such a trip being a guest, too, and being in the hot seat because I'm so used to putting everyone else in the hot seat. And so a fun fact about hot seats and putting folks in the hot seat and grilling people. So before I transitioned to sports and entertainment, I started my legal career in the DA's office as a prosecutor. So putting folks in the hot seat was my literal job at one point, Okay. I really did think I was going to be Olivia Pope, y'all. I was getting my white hat. But, you know, thank God that didn't work out because now I get to be here with y'all. So anyways, the final reason that had me running late to our meeting this week is that... I was working this weekend, friends. I mean, y'all know I work every weekend, but I was working, working. So this past weekend, I was invited and extremely honored to accept the invitation to work on the production team for CBS Sports for the SEC Championship game here in Atlanta. Can y'all say honored? Can y'all say she did that? Because yes, she did yes i had such a fantastic time y'all i got to do some of the screen testing for the live broadcast i got to grow so much as a journalist a producer a host it was everything that i needed this weekend friends And I'm going to continue to take advantage of these similar amazing opportunities that I know are going to be coming my way so I can bring y'all all my knowledge right back here to this show so we can continue to level up, okay, and grow together. And this show And the leveling up is truly why I do everything that I do so that I can learn and grow in my skills as a producer, a host, a writer and a journalist. Because listen here, friends, I will get paid one day to not only be myself, but also to use my voice to tell great stories, including my own. And I'm speaking that into existence right now, friends, because it will happen for me and y'all gonna be my witness okay and I want y'all to take a moment we're gonna take a moment real quick and I want you to say really quickly out loud it doesn't have to be loud if there are other people around or in the room but I need for your breath okay to have life I need you to make a sound all right and so I want you to say out loud your heart's deepest desires take a moment did you do it Did you say it? Did you share it? Good. Because I want to be a witness to your greatness and your glow up as well. We are in this together, friends. We're going to get there. Okay? And with that wonderful pause and moment, let's go ahead and get into this episode for the week. Are you ready for this episode? (laughs) Hi, be ready. So this week we are running back Navigating Real Heartbreak Part 2, Grieving, Glowing and Growing with our amazing attorney, life coach and best friend in our heads, Miss Daphne McGee. Right? So this is part 2 to last week's episode. And in this week's episode, just like last week's episode, Daphne literally dropped every single gem that we needed. And some that we didn't even know we needed, but she dropped them all, okay? So before we get into this episode, I want to talk about something we didn't discuss in the episode before we get into this recap. And one thing that we didn't discuss in this episode is that I have noticed in my own relationships... As I've gotten older, I've noticed that I've gotten better. And because I've gotten better... In terms of my healing, my ability to communicate, my ability to spot red flags, my ability to walk away from situations that no longer serve me, my ability to cut people off early and often, my ability to remain authentic to myself, my ability to communicate my needs to others. Because of all of that, because of my healing journey that I've been on in my 20s and my 30s, the quality of my relationships have gotten better. I'm going to say that one more time in case y'all missed it. Because I have gotten better. The quality of my relationships so too have gotten better. Because of this, the frequency and intensity of my heartbreaks have been severely lessened. That means I don't have my heart broken nearly as often. And when it is, it doesn't hurt nearly as bad. Now there was that time y'all When the man I thought I was going to marry Revealed he had a baby without me You know that one one definitely hurt (laughs) But besides that one Heartbreak has been significantly less For me because of my growth And my healing journey And because my reality And my expectations are constantly And continuously and consistently Getting closer and closer and closer To being in alignment And that is the goal right Now, I'm not going to say my heart doesn't get broken because it does. Now, you know, every breakup, every ending isn't devastating. And I think that's what should be the goal as we get older. We should be getting better at picking partners. We should be getting better at letting go of situations that don't serve us early and often. We should find peace. In knowing that the ending of every relationship, platonic or romantic or professional, the loss of every job, career, etc. Is pushing us toward our ultimate destinies. Okay? Do not fear loss, my friends. Fear remaining in situations and in places and with people that no longer serve us. That is what we should fear. That is what should be breaking our hearts, okay? And we should be fighting like hell to get everything we want and deserve. So do not be sad if you got to let something go. Be sadder if you don't have the courage to let it go when you know you should. All right, let me get off my soapbox for today and let's get into this recap, okay? Recap. So this... As I said earlier, it was part two to last week's episode, Navigating Real Heartbreak, part one, Breaking Cycles of Toxicity. And so at the ending of that episode, we talked about how to unwind ourselves from a toxic situation. And so we started the top of part two of this conversation discussing how to grieve the loss of a relationship. So Daphne told us, It's okay, it's normal, and it's healthy to grieve the loss of a relationship, even if the relationship wasn't good. Why? Because even if you lose a bad relationship or a bad partner, you're still losing something. You're losing the benefit potentially of their companionship, financial stability, future dreams, future children, community, even your current family structure, and you're allowed and encouraged to grieve those losses. And so for Daphne, much of the healing and grieving process happened for her during the relationship. Once she realized that the reality of her relationship did not meet her expectations. So she really had time to grieve that loss before the relationship ended. So by the time the relationship ended, most of her grieving was over. Right. So then we talked a little bit about how to navigate heartbreak in your career. And so this is what I talked about. (laughs) And what I talked about is an important lesson that I learned as an overachiever. Right. And the lesson was you can do everything right. Meaning you can go to college. You can get straight A's. You can join all the clubs. You can get all the awards. You can participate in all the internship programs. And you are still not guaranteed whatever you thought you were supposed to have whether that be the six-figure job, whether that be the beautiful husband, whether that be the two kids in the white picket fence, whatever that is for you, just because you do the things doesn't mean you're guaranteed the outcomes, okay? And the other thing that I shared that I learned was that there is no reward for doing everything right. A more fulfilled and purposeful life comes from doing what you want to do versus what you think you should be doing. Okay, And so then we talked about the other side of heartbreak. And so Daphne reminded us that heartbreak provides an opportunity for a renewed life. And to get to that, you should start by figuring out exactly what you want your life to look like from now forward. And then you should give yourself permission to indulge all of your heart's deepest desires. And then finally, she told us that you should give yourself permission to change your mind about the things that you want. Shout out to Auntie Tab. Okay, just because you make a decision today, just because you have a plan today doesn't mean that you're beholden to that decision or that plan or that goal forever if life circumstances change you are allowed to change with it and it is okay to give yourself permission to do that don't forget that friends and then finally we ended our conversation with how to break the cycle of toxicity And how to move forward in a way after heartbreak that is positive and that is new and that is refreshed and is not the same old ish, just a different day. Okay, and so in order to move into your future in a way that is healthy and seek partnership from people who are better fit for you, you must first recognize and understand what about that toxic situation was attractive to you so you can avoid it in the future. Because Daphne told us that until you change your mindset and your view of what you want, you will continue on the same cycle of toxicity. She described it as a roller coaster of toxicity, just getting on a different car with a different partner every year. And then finally, Daphne encourages us to seek counseling and life coaching to assist us on our journeys, to ensure that we have all the tools, resources, support, and accountability that we need to really grieve, glow, and grow, okay? Because we're trying to make the glow up and the grow up real, okay? All right. Well, thank you so much again for hanging out with me this week, friends. Even if it's a little later in the day than usual, I know we normally start our mornings together, but it's okay. I'm so glad you tuned in with me. I'm so grateful for your presence. And I can't wait to check back in with y'all next week for another great episode. Plenty of laughs, lots of tea, and of course, the most exquisite tea that's 100% sugar-free. Enjoy the show. I had enough heartache and enough headache. I've had so many ups and downs. Don't know how much more I can take. Mm. See, I decided that I cried my last tear yesterday. Now, I may be a heathen, y'all, but I'm a heathen that enjoys some good gospel music every now and again. It just. Is so uplifting and so joyful. It just puts me in such a great headspace. And that's exactly where I want us all to be today for the second half of this Navigating Real Heartbreak conversation. Because today's conversation, friends, is not about breaking cycles of toxicity. It's not about being sad. It's not about being regretful. Uh uh-uh. uh. It's about grieving. It's about growing, and it's about glowing, okay? The glow up. That's what we're all trying to get to as we navigate real heartbreak, as we are trying to get healed so that we can glow up, okay? And so before we get into a recap, I wanna ask Daphne to go ahead and introduce herself one more time, just in case you missed the first episode, because I know even if you missed it, you are gonna go back and listen later, right? Okay, but if you did miss Miss it I want miss Daphne to go ahead and reintroduce herself so if you could Daphne please tell the good people one more time who you are and what you do
2: all right thanks for having me uh, so my name is Daphne McGee I am an attorney for a nonprofit law firm um, in Texas and I also own a life coaching business and On the side i blog about my experiences with marriage divorce um emotional and spiritual abuse and faith deconstruction and decolonization
1: thank you so much daphne and welcome once again to the sugar-free podcast so today's episode is entitled navigating real heartbreak part two grieving growing And glowing. Yes, like I mentioned in my introduction, friend, the glow up is so real. And so, before we get into the second half of this conversation, I want to get us started with a little recap. So, last episode was Navigating Real Heartbreak Part One Breaking Cycles of Toxicity. And in that episode, we really broke down the relationship between Daphne and her ex somewhat of a marriage autopsy, if you will, and also Daphne's relationship with the church and how she began to deconstruct her relationship with her faith and her religion, as well as her marriage. And I also threw some anecdotes in there about some horrible relationships that I've had and how I've managed to stay on the wheel of toxicity more than one time, (laughs) right, as we all have. And so we started there. And we also started with a fantastic definition of heartbreak. So last episode, Daphne defined heartbreak as the point where your reality fails to meet your expectations. And that just was such a great point for us to start our conversation. And I think it's a really great point for us to pick back up that conversation. So where we left off at the end of last episode is Daphne was trying to tell us some of the steps that she started to take to unwind herself from the Relationship. And so now we're going to continue that conversation and talk about the emotional extrication from the cycle of toxicity of the marriage and Daphne's relationship with the church and her religion. And so I want to like tap into a little bit the emotional side of the unwinding because I feel like there's a grieving process emotionally, right? That happens when you break up with somebody. It's Mm -hmm. like, you, you lose an arm and it's still kind of there. I mean, I ain't never lost an arm, but that's what I hear. (laughs) You know, like you,
2: you have to Like, like, like phantom pain.
1: Yeah. It's like you have to really grieve and even like something similar to a death. Right. And so I remember talking to a friend and describing to her, this pain that I felt over a really tough breakup and the pain that I felt and the grief that I experienced wasn't over losing him. Like once I really got down to the heart of my feelings, it wasn't about him because by the time I was ready to go, I was good without him. Mm-hmm. The part that I had to grieve was that comfort of the relationship Yep. The comfort, like the safety and protection it offered from the society, right, that we talked Mm -hmm. about earlier and those Mm -hmm. uh, criticisms or external expectations you feel and the comfort you get from being in that relationship, the the companionship, having somebody there. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, And
1: then the biggest thing that I had to grieve was the idea in my mind of what we were and what we could be.
2: Hmm. Yeah.
1: I, I feel like a lot of times, yeah. as women, we we're ten steps ahead in our mind. Yeah. Of where the relationship is. So if in reality I'm dating, in my mind I'm thinking about, oh well, what are our kids gonna look like, <laughs> and what right. kind of house we gonna have, and what kind of kid, right? Like you, you, you already ten steps down the line, and so by the time you break up, it can feel tragic because yes. right like I'm not just losing him I'm losing that the two kids and the car and the picket fence that I had dreamed up for yep. us yep. and so I had to let the image in my mind of what I thought we could be die
2: Right. <laughs> or what right. I thought
1: we were going to be die just as much as I had to let the actual relationship die so like what was right. your grief if any and like what was your grieving and emotional processing for how you removed yourself from X and the relationship.
2: Yeah. yeah I mean, that, that's definitely a great point to acknowledge is that there is a loss, even in a relationship that you would say is abusive or toxic or whatever you're still losing things. So it's important to acknowledge that there is no shame in feeling grief over those things when you feel like the relationship was bad. It's like, why am I sad? This was a bad situation, I'm out of it. It's like, no, you are losing things. So it's important to acknowledge that. You know, my my process did involve like first, yeah, getting rid of the shame, kind of recognizing like, okay, yeah, there are actual losses, and looking at and examining, okay, what what am I losing here? Like, you know, is it companionship, financial stability, the community? Right, because we had built up a lot of our community. We moved to a city to a new city together, and had built up a lot of community, and so a lot of that was being lost. So there definitely it definitely was a grieving process. Like in addition to my coach, I also had a therapist, you know, like I recommend both for people um, in these types of situations because my therapist really helped me to identify, okay, what am I actually feeling? Um, There's this feelings wheel. I don't know if you've seen it, but there's like some primary feelings in the center of like sad, um, happy, angry, but then it kind of goes out and it gives more descriptors on that. And that was really helpful in just figuring out, okay, what is my feeling? How do I process it? And like, acknowledge it, let it be there and flow with it. So like my therapist really helped me with that. But another big part that I had to grieve was this idea that I would have a blessed or happy life if I follow the rules, mm. Um, mm. because I was a rule follower. I told you, girl, like we didn't kiss <laughs> before we got married I had not had sex before I got married because that was the rule so like I followed them to the T and when that didn't result in what I thought it should have resulted in because I did the right things I had to go through this process of reconciling okay so What does this really mean? What is the point of me following this rules? What is the point of me practicing this faith? And what does it mean that the people that I've practiced this faith with think that, like, what does it mean that they think that it was okay for X to treat me how he did. Like, what does it mean for them to think that I should have stayed married even when they knew everything that was going on? I had to really reconcile, like, I don't think my beliefs align with this community anymore. So it's interesting because I feel like the grieving process for my marriage, I mean, it started during my marriage. I could see pretty clearly during the marriage that it wasn't what I expected. It wasn't what I wanted. So I did a lot of grieving actually during the marriage. So I feel like once the divorce was final, there was a lot of relief that came. I mean, I had a physical, just, I felt better, (laughs) Um, could sleep better Mm -hmm. after that happened. And so I feel like the divorce in a lot of ways, because, you know, we didn't have kids and I was able to create that space in a lot of ways that helped me get to a really healthy place with that. Um, Because I had already, I mean, when you're in a relationship, you know, is not what you want, like. (laughs) you have to like, you have to confront those things eventually. And so once we got divorced, I was kind of at the point where I was like, all right, I wasn't completely over it, but I wasn't in the thick of it at the divorce. I was already on the tail end, but that started this new grieving process for my faith and my spiritual life and community and what all of that would look like, because I would have anticipated having more support, right? Like I thought people in this community actually cared about me. But what I saw was that just like I was, they were concerned with following the rules and that didn't leave them space to care for me. And that also, I mean, it didn't leave me space to care for myself, right? Because I was making these decisions that were so harmful. So I had to reconcile that and like, man, how can I continue to practice this faith when I see that it, it causes me to put myself in these harmful and compromising positions with seemingly no way out?
1: So, so interesting. Always so much to unpack. So we know what the status of your relationship with ex is. It ended in divorce. So how did your relationship with your faith or church and has it ended? Has it felt like a divorce? Like what's, what's the current status of that relationship?
2: Yeah. So with that particular church, the church where I was when I was married with X, that definitely felt like a divorce. The church actually has a like membership covenant that you sign and they had started Mm. the process of having people renew it every year. So when I left, I just didn't renew that. So that it really was a type of divorce that in a lot of ways felt more painful than Mm. my actual divorce. Because, again, y'all got to go read the blog to find out what happened. Yes, read the blog. (laughs) Um, But there was a few incidents where I was just like, I just can't get with this anymore. And I didn't know exactly in what ways my faith was changing at that time. But I just knew I was like, I need to have a faith that allows me to be able to care for myself. That allows me to be able to trust decisions or to trust myself to make decisions that are best for me and to not have to endure harm and hardship to prove that I'm worthy of love and care. Mm. Those are kind of the basic things that I came away with. And so that was uh, when I left that church, that was around November 2019. I was getting ready to move for my job. So I wasn't in a hurry or in a rush to try to find another church or another community, but then COVID happened and a lot of churches were shut down. There was no pressure for anybody to go to church. Yeah. So I had a lot of space to be able to explore and just ask the hard questions and find people who were also asking hard questions. Interestingly enough, The person that wrote the book that I talked about earlier, I Kissed Dating Goodbye, he came out a few years ago and actually denounced uh, the book and Christianity, said that he's not a Christian anymore because he couldn't find ways to practice it in a way that was loving and that would care for humanity. And like that really resonated with me. And so that led me to find this deconstruction community. A lot of people coming out of churches and leaving churches, finding that they're not able to really be themselves. He probably wanted to kiss some people too.
1: Right. Right. Exactly. (laughs) But it's like, and that's not all. And that's not (laughs) all.
2: He might've wanted to have a little sex too. Right. And that's not wrong. And that's not wrong. Maybe. But but and so like that is true. But usually the reasons are so much deeper. There are people that have followed the rules that have been like super devout and just kind of come up empty. And it's like, why can I not feel love and care and joy here on earth now?
1: Listen, I feel the same way. And so we talked about, right, heartbreak extending beyond romantic relationships. And this is an example, but I have felt the same way about, again, my career path. I felt so jaded my first couple years of practice because I thought that I was going to go to law school get the big firm job that came with the big firm check, right? I, I really wanted the check, <laughs> you know? And so that's what I had in my mind of the goal. And I'm going to go to this great law school. And, and I, in my mind, I was like, I did everything right. Right. And I feel yeah. like there's so many young professionals who can probably relate to this. Like you told me to go to college. So I went to college. To have this good life, right? If the, the mm-hmm. end result is to have this good life. I did that. I got a scholarship. Did that. Went to law school. Did that. Went to the best law school I could go to. Did that. Passed the bar, right? Mm-hmm. And then I lost my first job within like two years of starting. And I was like, but wait, I did everything mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. that
1: was expected of me and I'm still miserable yeah. <laughs> like yeah. and not only am I not am I miserable but I'm also not rich <laughs> like what what <laughs> happened right
2: at least be miserable and rich
1: Right. And so like my reality was like, I feel like I'm in a similar position as all my friends who fooled around. Right. Because it wasn't just that I went to college. I was super hyper focused. Right. Like I was the type of student that. If there was a party on Friday night, I was studying. Like, I was in every club. I was a student athlete. I had a full athletic scholarship. I was a super intern. I interned at Target for the federal government, for GE money, the university relations department, right? Like, I did everything. I was in every club. I was senior class president in my high school. I'm like, literally... Society, you told me that mm-hmm. if I did all of these things, I would get to this great end result. And that's not right. Like my friends who cut class, my friends who partied every weekend and had a fantastic time. We were all in the same place. Yep. And I was like,
2: well, yep. what was it
1: for? Like that was probably the biggest heartbreak of my life. Mm-hmm was realizing that there was no
2: reward for doing everything it right. was a sham and a scam
1: girl right <laughs> <laughs> like, and I think that there's I don't want to say there's no value in doing the things right like you build a great work ethic you know meet some good people got a nice resume blah 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 but at the end of the day is that what you want your life to be a, a resume right. and some yeah. skills, <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, like I said, the same people who got C's in school or whatever, we're in the same place now, and they had a fantastic time. I missed right. the
2: fantastic time, like, right, that's, right, that's right. What I, I did too, girl. I'm trying to make up for
1: lost time now. <laughs> and, and that's when I got to law school, is when I f- finally started to realize I'm gonna be letting life 100% pass me by if I don't start living and stop doing everything that I think I should be doing or people think I should be doing. My parents almost lost it. They were like, you waited till law school to lose your mind? Really? And I'm like, but if not now, when? You know what I mean? It's just like, if not now, when? And even losing my mind. I still wasn't doing anything super crazy. I just wanted to experience things and experience life. And so that's something that really resonated with me about what you said. And and this unpacking the heartbreak, it's, it's so many layers to this girl, Mm -hmm. but, Mm -hmm. but on the other side of that, right, is this growth. There is this opportunity to do the things that you always wanted to do, because The failure forces you, the heartbreak, the failure, whatever you want to call it, it forces you to to do a lot of introspection and to think about it. And it's like, okay, well, what do I really want? Because doing everything everybody else told me to do didn't get me any of the things that I really wanted. And so I had to really start to get real with myself. And I think that God honestly put me on that journey because he knew I needed failure (laughs) (laughs) Mm, mm. he knew I needed to to see that play out to see that to put me on the path of my my real purpose and what Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be doing because I don't think I would have had the courage
2: Mm, to step mm -hmm.
1: out if that failure hadn't happened I would have just felt like okay well doing everything right is getting me the things that I want even if I don't really like the things that I'm doing and I would have continued to do it. And so what has that process been like for you of that introspection and getting onto the other side of the failure and the heartbreak? What have you discovered about the things that you want and where your life is going?
2: Yeah. So the first thing I had to be okay with was understanding that it is okay for me to think about what I want. Like you said, with everybody around me defining what I should want, I never knew that it was okay for me to really think about what is it that I want. And then even thinking about that, it's like, okay, well then how do I articulate that? So getting comfortable resting in the fact that it's okay for me to want things because even that is a whole process, but then figuring out, okay, what does that look like? And what does that spill over to like it? I can talk about that in the context of relationships or the context of career, like you were saying. There are so many things that I can and I'm allowed to want, and so I feel like that has been a lot of my process is really figuring out what do I want, also giving myself the permission to change my mind when I want because I want to. Boom! Right? Because it's my business. Shout out to Auntie Tab. <laughs> that can be a reason that because I want to is a legitimate reason. Amen. (laughs) You know, but I didn't always think that that was okay, that that was even okay for me to want. I had to get approval from other people, Mm. whether it was a parent, a pastor. You know, or from God, but that's like another aspect of my spiritual journey that I'm really realizing is like, if I believe that I'm created in God's image, then me doing what I want and figuring that out is bringing to the world what God brought me here for. Right. And it's bringing the peace of God that is in me out to the world for that purpose. So if I am busy dismissing that or trying to push that down all the time, I'm not really honoring God because I'm not honoring myself. I cannot honor God without honoring myself. That Girl, I love that.
1: Getting to your purpose, because people always are like, Cindy, like you handle heartbreak and failure so so well and i'm like i didn't always but ever since i've gotten clear on my purpose right before we hopped on this call we just talked about an opportunity that i didn't receive and i'm not broken up about it at all because i'm clear on my purpose and i am very clear that i'm exactly where i'm supposed to be even Mm -hmm. if it's uncomfortable at times Mm -hmm. even if it doesn't feel good I know that I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. And the doors, the opportunities, the relationships that are meant for me will present themselves to me. And Mm -hmm. if they haven't, it ain't for me.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it's crucial to get to that point after you do experience heartbreak, because what can happen is. You think you're getting off the roller coaster, but you're really just getting in another car on the same roller coaster and going on the same thing. Mm-hmm. Because like we, we had talked before and you mentioned that you thought, OK, if I had married someone else, then mm-hmm. my life would have been different. But really, I don't think so. Right. Because I was still the same person. I still had the same mindset. Right. Like I was still seeking out these opportunities that would cause me harm because I thought it would be the most spiritual thing to do. Right. Like I wasn't listening to my gut. I was dismissing my feelings and invalidating myself. So I honestly don't think I could have gotten into a better, quote unquote, relationship or situation while I was still in that same mindset. So like, it's super important, I think, after you experience heartbreak to Like you said, take the time to reflect. And like, I don't want folks to hear me blaming myself or like victim blaming at all because abuse is absolutely real. Like, what X did was not okay. Like, I'm not excusing that. Like, what the person you did, like, what the person you talked about did, like, that's that's not okay. Not excusing that. But it's really important to get clear and get real honest about, okay, what was attractive to me about that situation. Really? How did that fulfill me? How did that serve me at the time? Right. And really getting clear on knowing. And again, this is why I really appreciate coaching because it's like, well, if I don't want this outcome, I need to do something different, but I know I'm not going to do anything different. If I still have the same mindset, if I'm approaching things in the same way. So it's like, now that I'm in a space where I do think, It's okay, And I actually think it's necessary now for me to ask what I want and figure that out. I'm able to see opportunities clearly that don't align with that and feel comfortable in just in rejecting that. Right. Even if that comes with rejection from society or whoever else doesn't understand it because it's not for anybody else. Nobody else has to walk in my shoes. I'm the only one that's really going to experience those consequences, but also the world would experience the consequences of the loss of what I can offer. If Mm. I'm not truly, you know, like operating in this space where I'm taking care of myself. Yes.
1: Yes, yes, I love that. I love that. I love all this growth. I love all this growth. So, we are coming to the end of the episode. So, I just want to ask one final question. So, now that you have learned all these things about yourself, you finally uh, reorganized, reimagined really, you know, your relationship with the church and what you want potential future romantic relationships to be like what is in Daphne's future
2: like where do we see this thing going next we need to know well honestly like my entrepreneurship journey like starting as a life coach is kind of the beginning of building this reimagined life um like i never really felt like I could own something or you know kind of do something how I wanted to. I always thought there would have to be some type of like external standards, like hence getting into the law, right? There's so many structures that dictate how we go about our jobs and what we do. And so me realizing like, no, I actually have gifts and skills that I can decide how I want to best bring to the world. Like so my life coaching business is manifestation of that for sure. But then also embracing the idea that I can help people, which I really desire to do, but, and I don't have to be broke to do it. Like, you know, my, I love a coin. Listen, but I, I really had to change my mindset around money. To say like, it's okay for me to want to make more money than I make. It's okay for me to want to charge a premium for the services that I offer because I know I'm bringing premium value because I'm able to use all my gifts uninhibited by any external frameworks. Mm, Get your coin girl. So, yeah, so between owning businesses, making money, I'm going to have relationships that bring joy and ease to my life. And I'm going to feel comfortable saying no. Um, Yes. Yes. So, so I'm I'm really excited. This reimagining really is almost a daily thing. Like I'll think of things, oh, like that would be cool. And just really feeling like I have the freedom to pursue it, whatever it is. I love
1: that. I feel like this podcast is everything that you just described for me, right? Because Mm -hmm. I feel like I have not broken up with the profession. (laughs) I'm still knee deep. But (laughs) sometimes you can't always break up, right? Like sometimes the shift that happens is the mental shift. And that is what changed for me is like, I don't see my profession as being who I am anymore. Mm -hmm. It's something that I do. And so I have other gifts that I want to use in order to help people and change the world. And they don't necessarily align with what I do every day from nine to five, but I still got to eat. I can't Mm -hmm. just, I I can't just be like, by profession tomorrow, (laughs) right? No, but mentally, that mental shift has given me so much clarity and given me the motivation that I need to pursue the things that I do think will give me the most authentic life and the most joy. And this is that for me so thank you so much for being a part of my journey by being a guest on my podcast and helping me to navigate my heartbreak breakups failures professionally (laughs) personally romantically and having that all culminate in this beautiful experience of being able to tell my story and help others share their stories and efforts to help other people so thank you
2: Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it.
1: So before we let you go, uh, I just need you to share with everyone where we can find you and how we can work with you.
2: Yes. So my website is goldendaff.com. That's golden D-A-P-H.com. There you can find the blog, which has the marriage autopsy series and a few other pieces. Um, you can also find more information about my coaching services. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram at golden I share some different snippets from the blog there. And you can also find like links to my calendar to book a free consultation with me if you're interested in coaching. Like I'm looking forward to helping folks who may be um, navigating this heartbreak like we've talked about or who are trying to figure out, you know, leaving situations that are harmful and how to do that and need some support and accountability
1: yes and so thank you all out there for coming to the tea party hopefully y'all got y'all feel of sugar-free tea for the week so join us next week for another great episode and tons of tea that's of course 100% sugar-free woo chow Mm -hmm. what a show we shared some good old tea today didn't we friend Thank you for your presence. I truly enjoyed you at the tea party and we appreciate you sipping on some sugar-free tea with me, your host Sid Mack until next time. Be sure to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at sugar-free podcast or at sugar-free pod. You can also visit our website at www sugarfreepodcast.com. See you again soon, friends, and be sure to keep the tea party going, A with plenty of tea that's 100% sugar-free.
0: Tired of piecing your business forms together from an internet search? Tired of sealing all your business deals with a pinky promise? Looking for a way to add some formality and professionalism to your business relationships? Then you need Formally. Formally is a DIY legal form and template shop for entrepreneurs, small business owners, creatives, freelancers, dreamers, and side hustlers. All Formally forms and templates are drafted by an experienced, licensed business attorney and reviewed by a law professor. So, not to brag or anything, but our forms are pretty legit. So what are you waiting for? Throw those pinky promises away and try Formally today!